me go ahead and I want to read a scripture to get us started. And then I've asked Lori to, uh, to lead us in prayer. This is a, a text that God has been bouncing around in my heart for the last couple of weeks since all of the coronavirus scare has started. This is from Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8. And uh, the psalmist says, He will have no fear of bad news, for his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. And in the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. We're not doing this today because we're walking in fear. We are doing this because we are walking in faith. And because we judge this, even though it's uh, an incredibly different kind of time, it's a time where the church can uh, really come to the surface. And it is going to demand different forms of ministry. Um, But we're kind of excited about what God uh, can do in and through us during this time. So I'm going to have Lori lead us in prayer, and then uh, Lori maybe cover some of the groundworks of how we're going to, the ground rules of how we're going to do this to be able to chat with each other. All right? That would be fantastic. All right. For those of you who don't know, I'm Lori Putnam. I'm on the DHF board, and I'm on staff at First Christian Church here in Decatur, and it's been my privilege to serve here for more than 15 years. So let's pray for us, and we'll get started. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather as your church in a pretty unique way. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide our conversation, that Lord, you would give us ears to hear. Your Holy Spirit would give us creativity as um, we are serving you um, in a day and a time that we never have before. So Lord, we stop to give you praise and give you glory. Lord, we thank you that you are never changing the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lord, we pray that um, as we continue to serve in your name, that the peace of Christ um, would just rule all and through all, and that we would find unique ways to be your hands and feet at this time when people desperately need to know of your peace and your hope. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Yeah. So a couple of things um, for everyone to know. That is, um, if you don't mind, please keep uh, yourself muted. That way, if there's noise in your background, the rest of us don't hear it. And if you need to speak, my understanding is if you just hit your space bar, that will unmute you so that you can speak. And so that's, that's the way we'll kind of run that. Also, down at the bottom of your screen is um, a little um, picture that says chat. And if you want to um, push on chat, that will open up a box um, or a, a screen a little bit to the, to the right side of your screen where you can post questions or if you're having an issue or something, uh, you can put it in there and we'll do our best to stay on top of that and answer any question you might have about this format. Okay, so um, I think the first thing that we wanted to do, Rick, is that right? We were going to have um, Dr. George Liu speak to us. Is that how you wanted to go ahead and move forward? Yes, uh, we want to introduce to you right here at the beginning, Dr. George Liu, who is a member here at uh, First Christian Church in Decatur. Uh, George is a world-renowned surgeon. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that part of the bio you sent me? Yeah, something like that. No, that's all right. <laughs> I've, asked, I've asked George to take a couple of minutes right here at the beginning to just kind of recap from a medical standpoint um, what it is we're doing and why we're having to do this and, and, and the seriousness of, of what it is we're facing. Um, I, I want to give one disclaimer. George is going to have to leave us soon. He has a, a meeting at the hospital that he serves at, uh, that, so he'll be, he'll be leaving us quickly, but George, why don't you take a couple minutes and just kind of catch us up to date from a medical standpoint? Well, first of all, I want to tell you that uh, we know who our hope is in. And um, uh, I think that this is a great challenge for the world, but I think that this is a great opportunity for Christians to be witnesses and to uh, have very worried people uh, find Christ. So it is a, um, it is a trial. It is, uh, very stressful 
Um, I think there's a lot of worry, but we know that we have no worries because um, we have eternal life and um, uh, we're saved. So these things uh, that are happening now are temporary troubles and tribulations. Um, but we do want to help other people. And I'm sure that's why you are all pastors. That's why you are all serving. Um, so um, Rick asked me to cover several things. Um, he wanted me to cover um, a little bit about COVID-19. So uh, the reason why COVID-19 is such a big thing, and I probably realized this in early January when they started having some reports from China about a respiratory virus, is that it is actually a, think of it as the common cold. So if you're in a room with a common cold, everyone gets it. So what happened with COVID-19 is it actually um, changed. So you had some um, bad RNA get into the virus and it changed it so it is unrecognized. So if you can imagine uh, the native, native Indians when the first Europeans came over and they had no immunity to mumps, measles or smallpox, they all died. The reason they died is uh, it was, uh, uh, they had no immunity. And so certainly COVID-19 is not as fatal as smallpox or measles or those things, but it is certainly real. Um, the, okay, so uh, that's the first thing. So second thing is um, I was asked a little bit about um, the, uh, the, the uh, socially isolated. So, you know, if it's so prevalent and so easy to catch, that's the reason why um, we're socially isolating. So if you're not with anyone, you won't get it. And if you do have it, you won't pass it down. So, uh, so how long will this be? Um, I don't know. I've been reading on some, some places that um, the virus stays in place, uh, like on a surface or something like that, for three to five days, um, unless you clean it. I think a person can, is contagious. You've already heard this, even though they have mild symptoms. And so, uh, right, so, so that's one thing to think of. The length of the quarantine, I think there, uh, it is unknown. I believe that it actually will be longer than 15 days. Um, I think 15 days was kind of like getting the United States used to staying in, and it will, it will likely extend uh, I expect that the numbers of COVID-19 will skyrocket uh, as we do more and more testing. It doesn't mean people are more sick, just that more testing is going down and we realize uh, how many people are sick. Um, let's see, in terms of the number in the quarantine, I think the government was trying to get, you know, they went from 250 to 50 to 25 to 10 in four days just to get everyone used to the idea. And I think that the quarantine length will be the same. 15 days to start off with, I bet you sometime next week, they'll say it's gonna be a month or a couple weeks more. Maybe they'll say first a couple weeks more and then a, a week later, a couple weeks more. What does that mean? Um, well, uh, in our hospital, I am no longer doing any surgeries. I've canceled all elective surgeries. I have canceled um, all of my office appointments. Um, the only cancer, the only surgeries I'm doing are, are um, patients who have breast cancer. And I might even postpone one that has like a, a milder case. We may weigh down them. Uh, let's see, what are we hoping for? Well, we hope for a respite in summer, but it is going out in hot places like uh, Israel, India, Africa. Uh, these places don't have enough taste testing, so they don't know how many cases there are. Uh, so it's unknown. What are we really hoping for? Uh, drug treatments, 
are coming along. Certainly, um, I think that's the topic of today's uh, press conference with uh, Trump. And we're also hoping for a vaccine. Once we have a vaccine, if it works, and I think it will be developed very quickly, then it will be this, then things will start getting back to normal. But until then, I think that this is going to be kind of the way we're going to be for a little while. Um, do you have any questions, Rick? No, I, I think you've hit what I wanted you to hit, George. Just, uh, right. you know, there, there's so much in, just in, in, in social media. Uh, is this a hyped up thing? Is this something we really need to be paying attention to? Um, so, and, I, and I just, you know, you've addressed that and addressed that right. well. Thank you. I, I think I think in terms of hype, I, I really don't believe it's hyped. I think that um, China basically is lying. I mean, I'm Chinese. I'm Chinese America, born in America. I can run for president. I love America. Uh, China uh, rules by iron fist, and it doesn't care about its people. It only cares about its country and feeding everyone. And so... It's uh, um, it's 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 probably not being totally honest about the number of cases, or whether or not they've actually stopped it. Although they're letting their economy go back to work, I mean, I think they've kind of adopted a method where they just say, "Okay, people are going to get it. We're going to have people die." They have 1.5 billion, you know, 1.2 billion people. Yeah, one percent die, you know. Um, let's see, what else can I say? Um, but like I said before, in terms of being Christian, our hope is in Jesus. And uh, just like 9-11, when people were really stressed, um, this is a great time to be a witness. Amen. And I will say one plug for Zoom. Um, we have a small group that's met um, on Monday. My, uh, I was just introduced to this over the weekend when I was in Boston. And I am in quarantine, though well, because I came from a hot spot. So I don't want to um, spread that in my local area. Um, but, you know, I probably don't have it. But um, uh, it's, it is a great opportunity. It is a chance to spread the gospel. It is... It is. Oh, I was telling you about Zoom. Sorry. So Zoom is a great platform. We used it for our small group. It works really well for prayer meetings. You can get together and just uh, assemble a meeting. You can do it for free for 40 minutes. You can buy a pro subscription. I think that's what we have. Yeah. It works extremely well. So. Dr. Liu, um, we yeah. do have a question. <clears throat> Someone said, for those of us that are out serving the community, what would be the best practices to stay healthy? Well, I think we're supposed to stay socially distant. So, like, I've had conversations with people, but I don't get close to them. I mean, we're all used to holding hands and praying and laying on hands. I think, actually, you need to be socially distant. So, like, I had some friends actually deliver some groceries, and I'm not going to, like, talk to them through the window. So I just stood on my porch and I talked to them. So, you know, I think, I think um, we're going to be asked to do social distancing for a while. Another question, if you get COVID-19 and survive it, will you be immune to it in the future? I don't think anyone knows. So there have been people that have recovered and um, gotten, quote, reinfected. I think that might be in the error in the test. I mean, as you know, there was a lot of problems with the test initially, and I was trying to read up and figure out what happened. The Initially, all testing from the rest of the world was being run through the FDA, and they were not quite sure of the accuracy of the test. So um, I think other places that have shown people who have totally recovered or are virus negative, it might not have been accurate. So I think, um, but I think if the, the kind of the general word in the country is, if you feel sick, stay at home and presume that the rest of your home is going to be sick. When I go back to work in the hospital, I'm actually going to separate, I mean, my wife is not going to be happy about it, and neither am I, but I'm probably going to go into the guest bedroom. 
and I'm going to not try to be socially close to any of my kids because as a healthcare worker working in the hospital where all these patients are, I mean, uh, I don't want to hurt my family. So I'll probably socially isolate from them, which will be very difficult. It's just not going to be good. Well, George, we know you're on a short time frame, so thank you. Does anybody have a final concluding question for uh, Dr. Lou before we let him go? We were told to only meet in numbers of 10 or less unless you are in a category at risk. What do you, uh, what is that you a question? Is, yeah, so I guess the question is, oh, is that yeah. should we continue? Um, so I just, you know, I think uh, it's really, so the number between like 10, 25, 50, I mean, 25, 10, or just your family. I mean, I think they just want to keep people apart because what they're trying to do is break the transmission, right? So if you have a little bit more than one person get affected by one person, the rate keeps on going up. Yeah. If you can infect less than one person every time a person gets it, then the rates will go down. So I think, um, you know, I don't want to pers have people not get together but I think people need to be socially distant. I mean, you looked at the White House press meetings and everyone spaced every other chair. And then you look at the White House meetings in conference, they're in a big room and there's huge amounts of space between people. And I think that's, there's a reason for it because if you cough, if you cough or sneeze, it goes like three feet out and then drops. You know, that's, you know, that's kind of the droplet, you know, theory. Uh, whether or not it remains aerosolized, people don't really know. But I think that so far, that's, that's what we're going to try right now. And it is all a, move, a moving target right now. Yeah. George, thank you. I want to, I want to clear up one thing uh, from Michael Tenike, who, who posted in. You're all reading that and where it says he's drugged up. <laughs> Please understand he had surgery. <laughs> Uh, had surgery yesterday and he's on medications. Uh, Michael is our DHF board president and I don't want you to all think that he's a druggie. <laughs> okay, so just- This post is brought to you by Norco. <laughs> um, there was one other question, uh, quarantine day continuing to lengthen. So, um, I think it's gonna be a while. I think that, um, the length of time that people will be socially distant is going to be a while. How long that will be, I think it'll just keep on extending the weeks for a while. Well, I'm George, let me, let me jump in and ask this, and I'm, I'm not attempting to speak for Adam, but we're within a month of Easter. Realistically, is, is that off the table? Are we, are we gonna have to rethink how we do Easter? I think you're going to have to rethink about how you do Easter. But I will, will tell you that, um, you know, when I, I was talking to Wayne by, um, you know, uh, uh, using my Apple, you know, iPhone FaceTime, and he said that um, it was actually interesting when they did services apart. Um, when they decided to do communion, I think um, families were just trying to figure out who was gonna give communion, who would get the elements, who would give the bread, who would give the wine. And I think those are all good things because uh, when we go to church, it's really easy, right? You pass, you pass a plastic cup, you pass a piece of bread, you go up there, somebody else does it. So I think, uh, I think it's an, it is an opportunity. You know, I think it's an opportunity to figure out how people uh, will get back to God, right? And I think you should plan, have to contingency plans for do some, something different. <laughs> Sorry about the phone call in the background. I'll try to mute myself. No problem. It's, you know, you're pushing your time limit from driving from your house into DMH, so. Thank you, George, so Thank much you. for being with Thank us. So we much. appreciate it. Um, I'm going to ask Brett Hammond um, to speak to us, and here's why. 
Um, Brett serves in a church here in central Illinois, and um, I see him regularly on social media, just doing a lot of really great, encouraging things uh, for pastors, uh, sharing leadership ideas. And uh, he, he shared on his Facebook page some really great tips for you to think through in videoing yourself, uh, whether it would be like a message or just devotion or something like that, which is very good practical help. So, um, Brett, if you don't mind, would you share um, to the group what, sure, what, you, um, what you posted? Thank you, Lori, and I apologize. I'm sitting in front of a Starbucks I'm not allowed to go into right now. <laughs> uh, I had to I had to break quarantine and drive a lady to the hospital today, so I'm out and about. But we're having a we're having a good day. The rain it's holding everything down. Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of guys doing the trying to. They've been asking me about doing video, and it's really simple. And by all means, don't get the idea you have to have the top of the line equipment. Someone in one of the groups I was in yesterday said, we went out and bought $130 of lighting. I'm like, that's great, but it's not really possible for me to go do that. So I have a tripod I got through Amazon that costs, I think it was $15, $14, $15. I have a little lapel mic that I, I think you need to be more concerned about sound than video. Uh, people can close their eyes. They don't have to look at you, but they need to hear you. And they, they need to hear that fairly well. So, so, uh, a lapel mic that hooks up to your iPhone is really easy to find. Mine was, again, 12 I think $13. Um, my, my bits of advice, and I'm probably breaking my own rules here right now, but uh, <laughs> I always say, keep that camera tilted up. You know, so many guys are doing this. No one wants to count your nose hairs, so, so don't do that. You know, And everybody looks better when they're looking up because you can't see the chin. And if you can, grow a big, horrible beard to hide all those chins. <laughs> <laughs> no one has to look at that part of your face. And you can use it as a mask, too. Uh, stand up. That's something I learned when I was doing radio. Uh, stand up. You project better when you're standing up. Uh, what I've been doing is every day just a short 10. If I, go, if I go over 10 minutes, I aggravate myself. But a short little devotional with a short little prayer thought. Um, right now is Lent. So you've already got it built in. I mean, most of us have Lent. And devotionals that, that kind of help us through these things. Share something from your own Lenten devotional that day. Share, share a couple of thoughts that you've had. People need to hear from you. Uh, we're also using email. We're using uh, conference calls. Um, I've just been blessed. Uh, we had a horrible, I had to make a horrible announcement today. One of, our, one of our key servants passed away from cancer last night. And I got word out. I had to put word out on email. And the the messages I've gotten back so far is so, you know, everybody's just so moved right now that we lost Don. Uh, so that's been tough, but I've been so blessed to see my older members who are the ones who are first ones getting those emails and first ones responding. Uh, it means an awful lot to them. Um, the, just a couple other things that I would encourage you to do. Don't forget about your kids. There's little kids who are stuck at home and they're driving their parents nuts. Uh, this would be a great time to video some children's sermons. Um, and if you check Patrick Mead, I'm going to just recommend you, you take a look at Patrick's Facebook page, and that's M-E-A-D, Mead, like the, like the drink. Uh, Patrick does this wonderful, he's a scientist and a preacher all at the same time. He might be Batman, I haven't decided yet. Uh, M-E-A-D, not, not, not two E's, just one E there, Lori. Right. Um, but check out Patrick's Facebook page, and check out this uh, this video he did where he shows he uses a bowl of water and pepper to show the effectiveness of soap and washing your hands. Now, it's a great little science lesson that shows you just how effective soap is, but it's really easy to take that little lesson and say, now just imagine the pepper is all of the negativity and, and, and all, of the, all of the worries that you've got, and the soap is instead the love of Christ and what you're bringing into to a relationship, what you're bringing into your family and your friends when you share the love of Christ and how all that negativity goes away. You'll have to see the video, uh, Patrick's video to see it. It, it. It's just an amazing little lesson. A, a meeting I was in yesterday, they encouraged downloadable worksheets for the kids during this time. Um, if you do children's bulletins, at, uh, what is it, childrensbulletins.com, I think is a website. They're fairly cheap. You get them to go along with your message. They, they have puzzles. They have coloring pages. Make those downloadable on your Facebook pages so that families have something to do together. Don't forget to do stuff for the kids. Um, I think that's right, Lori. Children's, I can look it up really quick. As 
Yes, childrensbulletins.com. Um, excellent little resource. I think it's 20 bucks a month. You buy the subscription, but they'll give you a few weeks for free. Um, and they let you customize them a little bit. There's an awful lot of resources out there. Uh, I've been keeping track of phone calls, text messages, emails, uh, a lot of ways to contact. And, you know, we all started out just a little uh, worked up about all of this. But right now, everybody in our, in my experience, my, everybody's being very encouraging, very kind to one another. Um, and I've gotten just so much, I'm just so grateful for the love I'm receiving from my own congregation. I think that's about all I've got to share. Is there a question I saw? Now I'm just going to move on to, to just getting ready for the next question. We're, you know, we're all in a position now where we're having to respond. Um, so the, the, the general question I wanted to put out for everybody is what are you doing differently in ministry right now because of COVID-19? What are, what are you doing in your ministry context that is, that is effective, that's working, um, that the rest of us can kind of steal your ideas and pretend they're ours? You know, this is this is this is the kingdom format. So we want we want this to be a kingdom win. So, um, yeah. Doug Harvey, I know you're up there somewhere. Doug, you were you had started doing something well. Why don't you Why don't you share your idea with us? Okay, uh, am I are. on now? Yes, I, I've you are. Done Zoom. You yeah. are zooming in, buddy. Oh, Go okay, for it. Good, good. Okay, this is a whole new experience. I I downloaded Zoom last night. For, to try to get our elders together, and then I got your note. But yeah, well, the, the thing we started, as well as trying to stream our worship services, which is kind of, I assume everybody's doing that, is just a, a message every day or two, and because I'm slow, it'll probably be every other day, to the congregation, just trying to catch them up, what's going on, anything they need to be aware of, and then an encouraging message with it. And we put it both on Facebook, and uh, we've got a pretty extensive email list uh, as well. And we send a reminder to everybody there uh, with a link so people can get into it. And that, that's probably been the biggest shift we've made right now. We're still working on, we've, we'd like to, we haven't got the organizational structure put together for it, but I think the next step is going to be trying to get volunteers to make a daily phone call to our folks that really shouldn't be out of their houses so that they know somebody's checking in on them and the church still cares that they're there even if they don't hear from us. But right now that that little message, and you can see it on my Facebook if you want to see it, uh, very amateurishly done. But I, I, I don't know that that's all bad. I, I used to think, we're up against the world. We've got to do everything better than... No, no, we got the content. So <coughs> we're, uh, we got that up there. I, I realized afterwards I need to shorten it. I'm a preacher, you know. But uh, I think it went seven minutes. And I think online, really, once you've gone over three or four, you've lost a lot of people. So that's, that's the biggest shift we're doing right now, trying to keep the communication lines open and the sense of a congregation still there. If I may, we have a question. Um, Bob DeBolt says, how do you get devotional messages to older seniors that do not have computers? My reaction to that is old school. You mail it to them. Snail mail. Why we still have it. You know, I hadn't thought of, there's so few people who don't have uh, some kind of internet connection, or at least on the phone, that I tell you the truth, I haven't thought that one through. And I don't quite know which, I'm trying to think how you do that by snail mail, but now, now you got me thinking. I appreciate that. <laughs> you would, you'd have to, you'd have to reduce it to a manuscript that, that, that you could mail out. I, I, I don't know how else you could do it. Either yeah. You could have to learn to be short. You could possibly send them a DVD if they had a DVD player. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. In which case, if you did that, you could compile your DVD with like you know five or six messages or ten, however you wanted, and then that gets mailed to them. Hmm. Okay, got us all thinking. Appreciate that. <laughs> Someone else have a um, question or would like to share an idea? Uh, Michael Tenike says conference call um, your seniors. So that's a good idea. People that need to stay in conference the, uh, call. 
I don't know if you can hear me. Yes, Kevin, go ahead. Yeah. Kevin Gray. We are pretty old school uh, in our church here in Shelbyville, Illinois. And uh, I actually issued a pastoral letter to our congregation because we do have a number of particularly older uh, people who don't do Facebook and, and, and aren't online. And so, and simply to just bring them up to date on the decisions we've made about not having worship and so on and so forth and putting it in context, but with an understanding that we'll be monitoring the situation and we'll uh, let you know. We're also doing a, a, a Facebook devotional and that kind of thing as well. But uh, we still have people who like to get the paper and read it, the letter in their hands and uh, gives them something that is encouraging, but also gives them the information. Sure. Um, the other thing that too, that uh, we're just instituting a, a daily prayer time. Uh, we call it seven and seven. Uh, so that it's seven in the morning, seven in the evening, however many folks in our congregation could pause for a few moments and pray. Uh, about uh, what's going on with the virus, certainly, but to pray for our uh, national leaders and everyone making decisions that affect us all. Um, just to keep us uh, grounded in the fact that God's in control and uh, ultimately it's going to be okay. Um, so those are just a couple things in addition to some of the things that have already been mentioned that we're trying to do. Very good. Uh, I've also heard from Marie Bowman, and um, she says that at their church, they actually have mailed sermons for years to members of their congregation who are older, uh, because many do not have computers, and they are considering a drive-through communion for Easter. Um, her husband, Richard Bowman, who's the pastor there, um, is doing emails and web pages, uh, daily devotions, and prayer. Uh, Richard. Okay. Yeah. Richard has always preached from a manuscript, which uh, makes that easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a definite positive at this time. I'm going to actually unmute um, Wendy Dement. Hi, Wendy. Hi. I am you unmuting you so that you can okay. share some specific um, kind of different things that um, the children's ministry has been rolling out this week. Can you share a little bit about what, what um, y'all are doing for children? Yep. We have our page for the parents and we've been submitting our videos, um, the questions for kids videos that we have um, and our lessons. We had our lessons planned um, a month ahead of time. So we had all the activities ready. A lot of them are things that the parents could do at home with things they had around the house. Um, we had a great response. People have been submitting pictures of their kids doing the activities um, and saying how much they're enjoying uh, doing it. And Janie FaceTimed me a little bit ago because I'm actually quarantined at home in my bedroom for the foreseeable future. So she FaceTimed me to let me know that um, Brad Williams, who is one of our regular storytellers, was in and going to do this week's story to put it out on the page. Um, so that's kind of how we've been going with things. And um, we're touching base with the volunteers to make sure that they're hanging in there during this new normal. Um, she's been FaceTiming with some of the kids, which they're really enjoying that. And once I'm a little bit better, um, I'll probably start doing that too. So I'm mostly communicating with the volunteers through text. Um, and our small group leaders have started saying that they'd like to do that with their kids too. Um, Janie and I participated in a webinar yesterday that was about two hours long, and it was specifically for kids ministry and the coronavirus and how you can keep in touch and things you can do. And they had a lot of great ideas, and one of them was called a hit and run. And it's where just somebody from your ministry will go to somebody's house and leave something for the kids, but just leave and not say you were there or anything like that. Some of you may have saw that on, if you're on our Kids Men Facebook page, because Janie got caught by some people's ring doorbell video <laughs> camera. And <laughs> so that's a great thing to go um, look. That was kind of funny to see her running away, but they, um, the kids love that getting a little prize because we've got a storage closet full of just little goodies. We can, 
we can give to the kids and just let them know we're thinking about them. Great. Anybody have any question about children's ministries? I think we're good there. Thanks so much for sharing okay. that. No problem. Oh, Sam Sears. Um, Sam, I'm going to unmute you and you can share your idea. Go ahead, Sam. For our Easter outreach event, what we did, instead of fully cancel it, we already rented a taco truck and we wanted to serve those people as well as serve others. So we're, we're turning that into a drive through And we usually have a lot of vendors and things like that. So we're trying to, uh, we paid our bounce house people as well. We want to have long-term good relationships with those local businesses for when this ends. And so that, that's all we're doing. We're turning it into a drive through and just trying to connect with our our business people as well, because they're the local business owners are really taking it hard. Yeah, absolutely. Great ideas there, Sam. <clears throat> I think the whole, um, well, not the whole, I would say one positive out of this time for us as the church is that we are being forced out of our comfort zones and think about how to serve the people that are part of our congregation who can't come to the building. So how do we continue to show the love of Christ, um, to share the love of Christ, to minister in these, in these, with all of these challenges? Um, and it, it's actually pretty um, encouraging to me to see all of these creative ideas on how to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus during this time. Anybody else have an idea that you would like to? Okay, Raphael. Just a minute and let me unmute you and we'll hear what you have to say. Just as a, a just because I want to show the breadth of, of our community this morning, Sam, who just shared, is in Visalia, California. And yeah. now Rafi is in uh, Indiana, far enough east in Indiana that he can almost spit at the uh, Ohio border. <laughs> <laughs> so Rafi, go ahead, buddy. Raphael, just a minute. I unmuted you, but you're still muted. Can you check the volume on your on your computer there? I don't hear you, Raphael. I I do have you unmuted, so it's not on my end. Uh, we can't hear you. I'm sorry, buddy. But he said, speaking of drive-through, we're doing a free meal for the community as a drive-through at our church canopy. Wow. Awesome. Is, Rafi, what day is that? Can you is that going to be on Easter? Today. Today, he says. Oh, you do? oh today. Wow. Awesome. Is, is that a, a reoccurring thing? Is this a one and done? Every third Thursday. Great. If Thanks. I leave now, I can be there in four hours. Will you still be serving? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone else have an, uh, something you'd like to share with the group as far as a way that you are continuing to minister, uh, given the limitations that we have on gathering? Can you hear me? Yes. yes can. Yeah, this is H.C. Uh, Bonador in Port Smith, Arkansas. Well, hi. Good to see everybody there. I'm kind of in a unique situation because I, I've been retired now for uh, almost a year, but uh, still quite active. And, uh, you know, as we've watched all of this stuff play out, we tend to, at least I find myself getting caught up in all of this electronic stuff that we have. And uh, I, I just uh, am reminded that, that maybe we need to, to kind of go back to some of the basic stuff, really, as far as ministry goes. And that involves the old telephone. Uh, there's something about, you know, we think about trying to get our message out and all of the videos and that sort of thing. There's something very special, I think, about that person that's locked up in their bedroom or in the nursing home that a simple phone call yes. works from their pastor means so much. And that is so simple. And I'm afraid we're overlooking some of the very basic things that we need to do. Yeah. You're absolutely right, H.C. Some of the things that um, we've utilized in the past and maybe haven't 
quite so much. Um, we need to take a look at utilizing again. That's absolutely right. I know that we are moving forward with shut-ins, uh, people that are in the hospital, people that are in the nursing homes, um, making personal phone calls to those people and letting them know that uh, we care about them, that uh, we're praying for them, and that we know this is a difficult time for them as well. One other note that I would like to add, just as far as thinking through um, utilizing technology and how it can actually help you, is that um, as time goes on, people are really going to hunger for the word. And yes, um, you know, if we can mail them some things, I think that's helpful and good um, and something we need to look at doing. But what I would say is that um, we do have some, t some tools at our fingertips that can impact people in a way that we've never seen before. Um, we had this past weekend, our building um, obviously closed, uh, as I'm sure a lot of you were as well. And um, streaming services online have been something that we've been doing for over a year. Uh, I can't remember exactly how long, Crystal, but at least a year. Um, and um, this past weekend, we had over over 1200 people logging in to watch our services and that's and the thing of it is it could be a whole family who's watching but it's one login but a whole whole different um, number of people actually watching and we've actually heard a couple stories of people that um, don't normally attend church but they saw somebody post on Facebook or you know, heard something about something streaming, they checked it out and they aren't church people, but um, they decided to watch and be a part of it. So um, my point is this, that this is a time when people are needing some hope and peace and when people are feeling disconnected. And I think technology has a, has um, a unique opportunity for us to help them stay connected. Uh, might not be our go-to. It might not be the first first choice that we have. Might not even really fit our comfort level. But that is a place where people are safe to gather. And um, I think looking at ways to to um, to think that through in maybe a different way than what you have before could really impact your community in ways you aren't expecting. Anybody else want to share an idea of, of either of, of what you're doing in ministry or something that you've seen? Um, any other resources? I went online last night and, and downloaded a couple things for uh, from the, the National Center of Law of Life and Liberty. Uh, they've got some free resources. Um, just I know there's a plethora of places out there. Um, hey, Rick. David. Um, I just got off a brief uh, a conference with the Red Cross, and we're starting to work at being a pickup point for cleanup kits. Um, they're they're going to get ready because of the needs of, of cleaning up from the virus and that. They're going to start picking up places to put cleanup kits. So I'm working with them to get that set up. And as I get more information on that, I'll let you know. Um, it's just in the beginning phases with that. But I'll say this much, they're desperately looking for pastors to serve for their disaster spiritual care. Um, it's a new, fairly new position in the Red Cross, and they're looking for pastors and churches to work with them with that. So Great. I started working with them with that. So Yeah, thank you. Yeah, what a wonderful way to get involved in the community and, and, and to have that. Not, not that we do it for the optics, but it, it, it's another way of calling attention to Christ. Yeah. Great. Thanks, David. Hey, Rick. Um, we uh, had a meeting here with our local school district, and of course, we have so many kids in our area who are on reduced or free lunches. Um, they were trying to find some ways uh, to get them out. So we were a couple of the churches got together and um, had a meeting with emergency management. And um, what we're doing is uh, having drive-through lines at two of the local churches um, uh, a couple times a week to get them to go through and, and to be able to get some meals. Um, we then are um, partnering with the food pantry. And a lot of people um, like Meals on Wheels, they're going to be really strained right now. And they're going to be looking for volunteer delivers. And we might want to be mindful of those who live outside of the normal delivery parameters. So if churches will contact them and assemble volunteers together to be able to deliver those meals, they're looking for more volunteers and, and people who can help out with that. 
Um, they're looking at releasing some of the, uh, the rules and guidelines um, just so that they can deal with the amount of folks who have need in this emergency. So uh, grocery, we our little town delivers groceries, but the same type of thing. They only go to the city limits. So when churches can step up and say, we'll, we'll pick up some routes, we have some volunteers who can just go drop it off on their doorstep and, and go away. Um, so those might be some other areas that folks may consider in your towns of being able to help out. Great. I think Jesus said something about when you were, I was hungry and you fed me. I think I remember reading that. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Michael. A couple of um, <clears throat> other places to look for resources I'm putting in the chat. Um, the Quarantined Kidman Summit is on Vimeo.com. That was the program that Wendy was talking about and thinking through different ways to minister to families and kids. Um, I would also recommend you taking a look at Stadia Church Planting. Um, they have some resources on the coronavirus that were actually really helpful. Um, they do church planting and they do an awful lot with um, online uh, church. And they had um, a webinar that was free and they had a lot of really great resources coming out of that. Some really basic helpful things um, similar to what Brett shared with us. Um, but ways to look for um, not only equipment and things, but then just just things to do and and how to handle that. So I would reckon I would recommend that as well. And then um, I'm also typing in a name of um, a leadership um, person that I follow a lot. Uh, he is a pastor up in Canada and does a lot of great leadership blogs and podcasts and posts. And um, he's um, given a lot of really good information about this shift that's happening right in front of our eyes and um, how we as church leaders can um, be the church that we need to be in this difficult time. So I would uh, recommend those resources as well. We've got about 10 minutes left if we're going to honor our, our noon uh, cutoff time. Rather, we've, we've shared some ideas. Are there any questions that you would like to, to pose for the forum of the whole group of, like, we've never streamed a service before. How do we do that? What, you know, if, are there any questions tumbling around out there that we can help address? We have our, Chris, our Crystal uh, Kirkman's up there somewhere. Crystal's our communications director. Um, here at First Christian, and she's a wonderful resource. Um, <laughs> any, any legitimate questions that we can deal with? Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Crystal, you're unmuted if you'd like to say a few words. I'm a communications director because I'm not a public speaker. <laughs> Forgive me for not having grace in my voice as I speak to you guys. This has definitely been an unprecedented time in terms of Literally, this time for communication directors is all Easter. Well, everything's been thrown out the window completely. And each day, literally each day has been, I know I have a ton of things I'm going to have to work on today, but I don't even know where to start. And you just literally have to take that elephant, each little tiny bite at a time. And I've kind of scrapped the normal, um, I normally have like all my tasks like written down in my, in my book here. I've, I've literally just had to scrap it and just kind of start over and I will get back to this book when things are back to normal and until, until then start everything new. And it's just a matter of how can we reach everybody? And so we've, Thankfully, we've been doing live streaming since December 2018, so we feel pretty good in that case um, that we've had that in place for a while now. I know for a lot of you, um, you probably just maybe started doing it or just now are forced to explore doing it, and it really is a great resource to have. And um, sometimes it's kind of nice to have this fire lit underneath you to force you to do those things that you thought, I really want to get into doing that. But you just always keep it on the back burner because there's always other things that are, that are demanding your attention. Um, but, you know, some of the ways that we're reaching out to people are, you know, through mass emails. We use a texting service where we, you know, text everybody. Of course, our, all of our social media accounts. Uh, Wendy was talking about how we're sharing materials 
uh, kids' ministry materials with um, our families. Um, but we've also had the challenge in the sense that we also have to respect um, copyright guidelines. So setting things up like in Vimeo or something like that that's password protected, uh, we've temporarily made the First Kids uh, Facebook group private. And we've told everybody we've done that because of um, the um, copyright guidelines, but still do please invite people to join the group anyway. We're going to accept everybody into the group unless, unless something seems a little weird, you know, somebody from the Middle East wanting to sign up or something. Not that that's a bad thing, but at this time, we're pretty much going to accept everybody that wants to join that group. Um, but literally everything's changing day to day. We're trying to keep our message as positive as possible. Um, there's always going to be some, you know, negative news, but cover that negative news so that the negative news is 25% of your message, but 75% of, I mean, while we may not be able to meet in person, we can do this. Or like yesterday was our, <clears throat> yesterday was supposed to be our Wednesday night classes. We said, we're still on for our Wednesday night classes just online. And so, you know, just providing those resources. And although there's, you know, a limited number of people that were taking the Wednesday night classes, we made sure to get that message to the masses because we want everybody to know that we are moving all ministry online. Ministry has not stopped at this point. We're just rethinking every little bit of it. So. Crystal, we had a, a question maybe you could answer. What are some beginning tools we need to stream? Um, somebody said OBS is a must and it's free. Uh, what would you add to that? Um, that would be more of a question for our tech director, and he's absolutely swamped right now, so he was unable to join us today. But um, I know that we use, um, I always want to call it Survey Monkey, but it's not Stream Monkey. We use Stream Monkey um, as well as um, Church Online, which is a free resource provided by Life Church. And so, at least I know it's free right now. Um, but those, the, some of the deeper tech questions, if you have any, you know, contact Rick and um, Rick would be happy to get you connected with our tech director. You may not get an answer super quick, but he's the one that would be able to answer those, those really technical questions. At a basic, very basic minimum, if you have a Facebook page or if you don't, you need to get one, start one. And then you can have somebody literally hold and hold a phone and do a Facebook live while you are preaching. Um, so, I mean, if you, you can do that from your home, uh, you can do that from your office, you can do it from your pulpit. Um, but that allows people to, um, to um, be a part of that page and still get that experience of hearing the word of God from you, the one that they're used to hearing it from. And it doesn't have to be polished. I mean, I can see most of you on the screens right now. Honestly, that's good enough. People just want transparency at this time and authenticity and need to be reminded of, you know, God is in control during these really weird times. Yeah, absolutely. Just on a personal note, and I'm sure some of you have experienced this as well, um, the technology has been so wonderful in order to stay in touch with, with family. Um, my husband's parents are in Phoenix, Arizona, so we are able to FaceTime with them and my son can see them and talk to them. That's something they do anyway, but especially during this time, we're being more intentional about that. My parents actually live um, here, uh, not far from us. But uh, my, my dad has really serious heart issues, and both of them are over 70. And so um, we've FaceTimed with them, um, you know, just my son and his new puppy playing out in the yard kind of a thing. Um, I did take some, some um, supplies to them that they needed, but we didn't go in. And that was really, really hard for my parents to see us and have us on their doorstep and us not go in. Um, so there, there's a lot of challenges, but the technology honestly, is able to allow us to continue to have a touch point. Hey, Lori, something yeah. you might want to talk about as well is giving, because there will be financial strain on churches, and if you want to let them know what we're doing for that. Yeah, I will. Um, Sam also posted some really great information about a tech guy that, that helped, and so there's a link there in the, in the chat. 
Um, so I would recommend that as well um, for good help. Um, yeah, here, here's the truth of the matter. Um, a lot, a, not a lot of people, but some people only give when they're in the building. So when you don't have church services, how are they going to be able to give? So one thing that we're doing right now, actually this week, it's going out. Um, we've, we've put together a letter and it's highlighted some of the ways that ministry is still happening to help people know just because we're not there for Sunday service doesn't mean ministry isn't happening. So I think it's really important to keep that in front of people that ministry is still happening. It's just doing, it's just in a little bit different way. So telling a little bit of, of a story of what's happening and then including the different ways that we offer people to give. We have a text giving. Um, we have a way that they can set up a one-time gift or a recurring gift through their bank. Um, and that's through a third-party service. So we have that. Also included in that letter will be two uh, envelopes, two small envelopes with the church address on it. So if they like to give and the offering plate is it's passed, they have the ability to do that. They can put their check literally in the mail. Um, so we, depending on how long this goes, we intend on doing that on a pretty regular basis just to help people realize, hey, we're still here. We're still doing ministry. Things are still happening. Um, the need is still here to be people who give. Um, so that's um, what I would say about that. Anything that you want to you wanna add to that, Crystal? Oh, sorry, Crystal, I muted you. Just a second. Let me unmute you. I just unmuted myself. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's pretty good. And I think, you know, I've been hesitant to put anything on social media about giving because now is not the time to have your hand out. But I do think a direct letter um, to our own um, households with unclosed envelopes is a really great idea yeah. um, to remind people that, you know, ministry is still happening. We're not... We're not twiddling our thumbs. If anything, we're busier than ever. No yeah. days off for any of us, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Any any last words for everyone, Rick? David Welch, was that you that, that, that posted just some beginning tools you need for to, to begin to stream? Did, did you get a response to that? That was me. No, not yet, but I'll give you a call. We'll get a hold of the tech guy. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's... Because he's who I would tell you to call anyway. <laughs> this tech stuff's way above my pay grade. Well, I, you know, I have a phone, but it doesn't work well for it. So I'm trying to figure out what would be some basic stuff we could pick up to use or order to use. So you know, First Christian in Flora, Indiana, uses an iPad, mm -hmm. and they just set they they they've got a balcony. They put the iPad on the balcony. It's one view through the whole service, but at least you're able to view and hear everything. That's all we need at this point. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly it's a right. fix. It, it, it gets it out there anyway. And then you can, um, you know, that, anyway, that's a simple fix. That's the way they do it. I, you can go on uh, for First Christian Church's website and see, the, see what it looks like. Okay. Well, and like I said, I just want to get us out on the line so that people know we're not, we're not uh, ignoring them. I mean, yeah. Amen. from what I've talked to the Red Cross and, uh, the emergency managing that main thing is people are starting to feel isolated. Oh, yeah. Nobody cares. So I want to make sure they know we care. Absolutely. You know, there was uh, David um, Hedgepath. Did I, did I pronounce it right? David, you still up there? The other David? Where you at? Okay. He may have. Oh, there he is. David, can, can you, you, you posted something about... Um, Having a relationship with the mayor. You know, we talk about people being stressed. Our city leaders have got to be stressed and being able to minister to them is a great idea as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. I mean, I, our church is pretty small. We have, you know, 100, 120 people on a weekend, but we have a 50,000 person town and the mayor has that on his shoulders. And I just got thinking about him and seeing how, and he picked right up and I was able to talk to him. I don't know if that's the situation for everybody, but it was, uh, it was real good to be able to have that discussion and that prayer with him. You bet, you bet. The Surgeon General just put something out, said social distancing does not mean social disengagement. 
I think that's a good philosophy that we need to maybe hold on to. I had uh, we this first week, um, if I may, Rick, real quickly. Um, this I work th- for you, so go ahead. <laughs> this first week we put out, according to the guidelines that we had, that we were encouraging everybody to stream, but we weren't going to lock the doors. We wanted to keep a meeting. At that point, it was the 250 mark. And we had all of our 70, 80, even 90-year-olds, all the people who shouldn't have been there came. And I kind of said, look, guys, you're the ones who need to stay home. And I got the tongue lashing of all tongue lashings of people saying, I don't care. If this is my way to go out, this is my way to go out. I will worship. And I, and I tried to say, well, it's not about you. It's about, it's about the spread. And it's about the spread to other people. And try to, But you know, at some point with, with those individuals, you know, there's, there's a sense of, you know, I, I, I struggle greatly there with that group. Um, you know, those who do have the understanding and say, look, I, I am going to come together. And I, I choose if this, if this is my end, this will be my end. Um, not an easy answer for that guys. Not an easy answer for that. Um, you know, obviously want to isolate them from the rest of the, I'm, I'm even kicking around. Do I need to have a different place, you know, uh, uh, for, for those individuals who are of sound mind and judgment. And I, I don't know what the right answer is. So I'm, I'm erring on the side of trying to uh, think of the whole group and, you know, but, but there's, there's some needs there too. Yeah. One, one pastor shared with me last night that what they're encouraging their family, their church family to do is that the meeting limit is 10 and you've got an iPad, you've got a computer, then find a, find a, a senior saint that doesn't right. and, and go be with them on Sunday morning. Go back to the house church idea where we have house churches of 10 or less. Um, and uh, Michael had an idea that I thought was, was pretty clever that the first time you, you, you did the, we're not going to have church. It's all going to be online. You asked the people to post back in how they were celebrating yeah. communion at home. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. We had Doritos and diet Coke and yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, Hey, we're going to do that again this week and try to encourage some folks to send their pictures and send their comments and try to answer questions so you can have like a, a virtual amen type of thing. Hey, look, if you got a comment and as much as we can, um, try to have some interaction. Um, so it's just making lemons, making lemonade with lemons, I guess is what we're trying to do. That's a, that's a great line. Social distancing does not mean social disengagement. And that's, that's where we as a church are all getting caught. Um, Okay, we we've, we've been at it a little bit more than an hour. Is, are there is, is there a last pressing question that you've been waiting from the beginning of the meeting to ask, and you just haven't had the chance yet? Take care of yourselves, <laughs> please. Self care is not selfish. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I want to thank you all for joining us today, as Lori just did. This was our first experiment, uh, but it will not be the last. We've talked about um, possibly doing um, some either Bible study, resource study kind of things, book studies as a group using the, the Zoom kind of technology. So I um, think this is, I think it's been great. Um, if, if you have feedback you want to send to us, then please do. You've got my email address or give me a call. Um, don't know why we had one new participant, uh, Doug from Texas, um, who could get on and, and see everybody, but he couldn't hear a thing. Don't know what that was, but anyway, uh, tell you what, uh, Michael Tenike, are you still, are you still there? Michael? Yes. Okay. Michael is, is the uh, chairman of the DHF board. And I'm just going to ask you, my brother, as drugged up as you might be, if, if, if you can, if you can close in prayer for us. Yeah. yeah, let's, let's, let's go before the Lord. Father in heaven, um, we acknowledge you once again as a sovereign God in the midst Amen. of this time. Um, we don't have understanding. We don't have answers, um, but we know that you are Lord. Um, we pray as a group of individuals called by your name, God, we are praying, uh, we're grabbing a hold between the porch and the altar, and we're asking you to spare your people, God. We're praying for wisdom um, to be given to those who are on the front line working on a cure. Uh, We pray, God, that it would be found. We ask your blessings 
um, on those efforts. Lord, we pray for wisdom for us as those you've called to lead in our respective communities. Um, Lord, we sometimes feel overwhelmed, and, and God, we pray that, um, that you would give us strategies. Thank you for the ideas that were shared here today. Lord, um, thank you that we are not alone, even though sometimes we can feel isolated. Help us to identify those in our congregations, those in our communities who, uh, who feel left out, who feel alone. God, um, give us ways that, that we can go to those who don't have technology and, uh, and find a way to get them up to speed, find a way to, to uh, bring the message of hope and encouragement to them. Um, Lord, uh, help us to not lose our confidence in you through this time. Um, we know that you've you've used um, these times, you, you've used these troubles throughout history and throughout the church. And as we evolve to a new, a new medium for a short amount of time or for a continued amount of time, we just, uh, we ask Lord, your blessings upon it. Thank you that your message endures forever. I pray encouragement for each of my brothers and sisters gathered here today. And as we go forth, Lord, may we be empowered by your spirit to meet the needs of those we serve. We pray this in Christ Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all. God bless and uh, good to spend an hour with you today. <laughs> <laughs>